Hi everyone, welcome to Talking Brains. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Sarkis at stephaniesarkis.com. I'm the author of Gaslighting, Recognize Manipulative and Emotionally Abusive People and Break Free. On this episode, I'll be talking about how to rebuild after leaving a gaslighting narcissistic relationship, also known as a relationship with emotional abuse. Please click that subscribe button and give Talking Brains a great rating. It's appreciated. Enjoy the podcast. So I recently wrote an article for Psychology Today, in fact, I I posted it today, um, about rebuilding after a gaslighting narcissistic relationship. So if you want to look on there, um, you can see um, the full text of of, uh, what I'll be talking about. Um, When I work with people that have been in gaslighting relationships, relationships with emotional abuse or coercive control, um, there are a couple of key points that I recommend um, that people um, either seek out or um, allow to kind of run their course. So I'm going to talk about some of those uh, because after you get out of a gaslighting narcissistic relationship is different than another kind of breakup. When you are, have been in an emotionally abusive relationship, when you end that relationship, you can feel just completely empty and, and worn out and emotionally spent because people that are, gaslighters narcissists are emotional vampires they kind of thrive off of making you feel bad and making you feel like you are less than so when you are out on your own at first it can feel like you're never going to be able to make it on your own and i'm going to tell you that yes you can it may feel right now like you aren't going to make it but you are and you're stronger than you think so you probably have some maybe wounds to your heart um, because you thought this person loved you and you thought this person was somebody you want to spend time with because we don't get in relationships with people we don't like right so um narcissists gaslighters they'll act really fine in the beginning and they'll do love bombing so they talk to you like you're so wonderful and I can't believe that you've come into my life. I've never met anybody like this before. And you get hooked because that stuff feels really good when you hear it from somebody. However, the gaslighter kind of does it over the top and they put you on a pedestal. Now, eventually the gaslighter kind of pushes you off that pedestal and they do something called devaluing. So then you can't do anything right. So the gaslighter narcissist is really good at putting on this mask of behaving normally um, out in public or when you first meet them. And the first time you see that mask drop and you see who they really are is quite startling and, and scary. So part of what you're going through after your relationship is ended is you're not only grieving the loss of a relationship, you're grieving the loss of who you thought you were in a relationship with. And that can be really hard to deal with. And sometimes if you're talking to friends and relatives that have not been in this kind of relationship, they may be well-intentioned to be very supportive, but if they haven't been in a relationship like this, it might be hard for them to kind of understand what that's like to see that kind of shift in someone's personality and how scary that is. So uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about how you can rebuild. I, I know if you're at the point where you just left a guest on your narcissist, I, I'm very proud of you. That's a very courageous thing to do. It's hard to do, especially when someone's worked at tearing down your self-esteem. So first I want to tell you, you did the right thing. So there are different ways that the gaslighting narcissistic relationship ends. One is where you decide to leave and or 
the gaslighter finds their new narcissistic supply. So they go out and meet somebody else. Uh, narcissists are known for, for cheating. So they have chronic infidelity. So this person may have been waiting in the wings for a while. So there's this thing called narcissistic supply. If you're a narcissist slash gaslighter, you have this thing called narcissistic supply, which means that you need to have someone feeding your ego all the time. And if that newness of that person wears off, they go and latch on to the next person. So if you're with a gaslighter narcissist, and I use those words interchangeably, and they don't have someone waiting off in the wings, you have to leave them because they will not leave you because then that risks their narcissistic supply. Does that make sense? So, so again, if they are not with someone else, you have to leave them because they're not going to leave you because they don't want to risk losing their narcissistic supply. If you do leave, they try to get you back and they will do whatever it takes to get you back. And we'll talk about that in a second. But they also have this thing where they'll just leave you for someone and then they just drop off the face of the earth. So that can also be confusing because here's this person that uh, just has ghosted you basically. And that actually in the long run can be easier to deal with than a gaslighter that continually comes back. Uh, because the you get pulled into this this push pull relationship again, uh, so it's still though just having someone just disappear is pretty damaging too. So we'll talk about both those different types of breakups. Uh, so if you are going through a breakup from a narcissist or gaslighter, you may be beating yourself up because the gaslighter did a pretty good job of doing that in the relationship. Uh, he or she probably told you that you were t completely responsible for everything in the relationship, that everything was your fault. They may have taken you to a therapist and told the therapist to fix you. Uh, so you have lived under this umbrella of I'm not good enough for a really long time. And you may be blaming yourself for the person cheating. And I'm telling you right now, gaslighters, narcissists, that's just one of the things they do is they're chronic cheaters. This is a pattern they've had in, in relationship after relationship. Because again, that newness of a relationship doesn't last forever. That's just, it, it doesn't. That's just how relationships go. But the narcissist needs that kind of attention all the time. And so they go to seek it out elsewhere. So this is not your fault. This is a character flaw of the gaslighter narcissist that they are chronic cheaters. Now, what's really important is that you go get yourself tested because you don't know how much they've cheated, if they've used protection. Uh, so it's really important that you take care of yourself. And we'll talk about self-care in a little bit. So there's an article on Psychology Day I wrote called How to Leave a Narcissist for Good. That might be helpful to you. Um, I've also written um, 11 warning signs of gaslighting. You can find those on the blog at stephaniesarkis.com slash blog uh, and some other um, articles like, like I wrote one called Closures Overrated uh, and then also a co-parenting because I know that some of you aren't able to completely cut off the gaslighter because you have children with them. So uh, that's a really good one too, uh, that podcast episode. And that's with uh, Dr. Jeremy Gase. Uh, and that is called... Um, uh, I think it's co-parenting, parallel co-parenting, and I really recommend that one. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what steps you can take to protect your heart and protect your emotions and start healing from this type of destructive relationship. 
So first, it's important to block all contact with the gaslighter narcissist. I cannot explain to you how important that is. That means that you block all their phone numbers, you block all their emails, you block anything that is a way that they could reach you. If you live in an apartment complex or neighborhood where you have a gate, make sure that the apartment complex knows who this person is because they will try to sneak by the gate and you know they're really charming so they will do that and also knock on your door so you just got to be really really careful um, also you may have people send you messages from the gaslighter and this is called flying monkeys so flying monkeys are are flying monkeys that were in a wizard of oz and they sent messages for the wicked witch so what the gaslighter narcissist will do is that they know the way to get to you is through sending messages through your family and friends now some of your family and friends may think that this person's great and you can't they can't imagine why you left because they don't know the whole story because this person looks really good to the public so you may have some friends and family that are like i'm really glad you left and this was not healthy but then you've got some people that think that the person's great so uh, the gaslighter will say well tell them i miss them or um, i really want them back and i'm so lonely without them and then the your friend or family member will go you know so and so told me that they really miss you and that makes you feel bad right so even though the person's a jerk so the best way to just avoid that altogether is just to tell people that you're not going to entertain any messages that have been passed from the gaslighter you don't even need to get into why you just say you know what we're not talking about it and if you have a friend or family member that starts talking about it anyway just cut them off and say hey this is one of those things that we're just not going to talk about that and that's setting up a healthy boundary and if they try to do it again change the topic and eventually you may have to walk away so and we'll talk about setting healthy boundaries in a little bit so again um, if you share kids with a gaslighter narcissist it's really hard to cut off all contact you may not be able to do that uh, there are options available for you to set firm boundaries with your co-parent and a parenting plan working with a parent coordinator or some of those things uh, so again visit the podcast episode on um, parallel co-parenting because dr jeremy gase gets into um, how you can work with your co-parent and parent together when you have a really high conflict situation so again gaslighters will try to get back in your life if they have new narcissistic supply and that narcissistic supply is getting older they may swing back around and check on you uh, the in the beginning they'll just kind of disappear and again then they'll come back and you have to be really prepared for that and be aware that if you get back in the gaslighters clutches these relationships do not get better they tend to get worse so the gaslighter may be acting all remorseful and sad and that's just part of the cycle that again once they get you back into their clutches their their behavior gets even worse so just be aware of that and also there's all this emphasis we put on a culture about getting closure in relationships um, just forget about closure closure is overrated um, i i like gloria vanderbilt's quote that closure just is is just the the worst word she she could think of uh, because some things you just don't get closure over you were with someone who was abusive and you may have been with that person for years and it's not something that you just wake up and go i got closure i'm good i mean that just doesn't that's not a thing so you probably aren't going to get closure from the narcissist gaslighter you don't want to do like a relationship post-mortem where you sit with this person and talk about what went wrong in a relationship and 
how things could have been better. And you don't want to do that. Cause yet first you got to have contact with them again and you don't want to do that. So it's one of those things that you just have to be okay with the ambiguity of it ending. And again, if the gaslighter drops off the face of the earth, cause they found new narcissistic supply, um, just no communication is, is the answer to whether you're together or not. So you should never tolerate somebody just cutting you off and not talking to you. So I would just assume that your relationship is over if that's happened. Now the gaslighter may come back and say, oh, I didn't call you for two weeks because, you know, my phone got eaten by alligators or whatever the reason is. But again, they could have found a way to contact you. So, so again, closure, you just don't always get it. You could try to get on your own by writing a letter to the gaslighter, but just not sending it. That can be really helpful. Um, you could have just a little, um, goodbye to your relationship ritual that you do uh, anything to just kind of make yourself feel like you know that this is done but again sometimes you just don't get closure you don't get it for a long time and again closure is overrated and again i have an article called closure is overrated on psychology today and also i think we put a lot of pressure on people when we tell people they need to get closure because uh, again there's some things you just don't get closure from so if you're not getting closure that's okay and that's part of the process so also self-care is really important right now it's time to be really extra good to yourself you may have been told in your relationship that your needs were not as important as your partner's needs or that you had to sacrifice your needs because your partner felt like you were not putting them first and now it's time to give yourself some tender loving care so that includes doing something each day just for fun you may not have had fun for a while uh, it may have been that when you thought something was silly or you're having a good time, the narcissist would kind of rain on your parade because that's what they do. They don't like the fact that someone is enjoying something or being happy due to something other than them. So especially around the holidays when um, people are having a good time and enjoying themselves while they're spending time together, that's when the narcissist gaslighter will really show themselves and create total chaos. So it's time for you just to do stuff that you like. You may not remember what you are really interested in if you've been in these types of relationships for a while, or it may have been that you had a hobby or interest that the gaslighter told you was stupid or something like that, because again, the hobby takes the focus off of them and they don't like that. So now it's time to get back in connection with your hobbies and interests and you can have fun just for the sake of having fun. It, it doesn't mean that something bad is going to happen later. I know sometimes I talk to people and they say, well, if I do something fun now, then the other shoe is going to drop and something bad is going to happen. That's a pattern that you learn in these types of relationships. Or if you grew up with parents that had this kind of behavior that you are not allowed to have a good time because there's something that you pay for later. So you can actually just have fun and just enjoy it just to enjoy it. And it's really important that you schedule it in every day. Also, really, really important that you get enough sleep. And you may have difficulty sleeping right now because if your relationship just ended, you're going through a lot of different feelings. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But a lack of sleep can make things seem even more stressful. And it's difficult to think clearly when you are having a lack of sleep. So it could be that you have problems getting to sleep. It could be that you have problems staying asleep. It could be that you're getting up too early and you're not being able to go back to sleep. So listen to a relaxing recording before bed, like a, a guided imagery, creative visualization. There's a bunch of those available on YouTube uh, and on, um, on the different podcast stations. There's a lot of people do podcasts with those uh, recordings. So I recommend that. 
because having some background sound, especially if you're living on your own for the first time in a while, you're sleeping by yourself, it can be kind of scary. Um, and if you have noises that may wake you up in the night, if you're a light sleeper, and you may have be a light sleeper because of all the stress you're undergoing when you live with the gaslighter. So just have a, some sound going on in the background, or there's also progressive muscle relaxation recordings that can be helpful as well. So again, really important that you uh, get enough sleep. So turn off all electronic devices an hour before bed. Uh, the backlight of an electronic device like iPad, TV, laptop, it inhibits melatonin release. Melatonin is a hormone that helps us get to sleep. So if you have inhibited melatonin, that means you're not, your brain's not getting ready for sleepy time. And over-the-counter melatonin has not been found to be effective. So the ideal is turning off two hours, the study found before bed, turning off for like electronic devices two hours before bed, but an hour is okay too. So, uh, and if you're having a hard time doing an hour, try 15 minutes, try a half hour and see how that goes for a few days and see if you're getting to sleep a little bit easier. Sometimes people write out their concerns before they go to bed and that gets them out of your brain and your brain will thank you for that. So also make your bed and bedroom a relaxing and comfortable place. Again, you may have moved out and you're on your own. Uh, take some time to uh, make sure that your mattress is comfortable, that you have enough pillows on the bed and just yeah, treat yourself well. I mean, you spend a lot of time in bed, so make sure that's a place that, that is comfortable. So also room temperature makes a difference. Make sure the room is comfortable for you. Uh, if you need light blocking curtains, that can help too. And if you're having problems sleeping, you may need medication at least just to get you to sleep. So check with your doctor about that. And that can help you at least through the initial stages after your breakup of having difficulty sleeping. Because again, if we don't get enough sleep, it's really hard for us to, to think clearly. So next is something I'm going to recommend to you that you may not hear when other people talk about how to get through a breakup. But again, when you have been with a gaslighter narcissist, they've isolated you from people. So I recommend that you go out in the community and you volunteer somewhere. You probably have a passion for something that may have been squashed down in your relationship. And now it's time to get back in touch with that and volunteer in an organization that specializes in that. So if you are really into animals, you might want to volunteer at your local animal shelter, animal rescue. Uh, it's one of those ways to, to keep busy. So keeping busy keeps your mind off ruminating or, or being stuck on the, the relationship and it helps you through the grief process. Now, some people may say, oh, well, um, well, yeah, that's good you're volunteering because you'll learn how bad other people have it and then you'll feel better about your situation. That's not how that works. <laughs> so I know they're trying to be, well, they're doing it with good intentions, but the purpose is not to see that other people have it better or worse so you feel better. You have the right to feel however you feel, even if you feel like someone else is going through something else. I cannot tell you the amount of people that told me that they put off going to counseling because they felt like other people had it worse and they had no reason to complain. Your issues are your issues and they have value and merit um, no matter what your issues are or who you are. So keep that in mind. So uh, when you volunteer, the, the point is that you have worth. And you've been told throughout your relationship in different ways that you don't have worth. But when you are volunteering, you have something to contribute, even if it feels like you don't have anything to offer. And it also kind of gets you out and moving because after a breakup, especially with a gaslighter narcissist, 
a lot of depression can kick in and anxiety and it's important to get out and do stuff and if you're volunteering you have some set hours that you have to be somewhere so it's really important uh, to make sure that you get outside and and again helping others keeps your your mind off of your relationship so also reconnect with people so like i mentioned the gaslighters isolated you from friends and family uh, they distance you from other people they'll do that through splitting by telling you that you know your sister says something terrible about you and then you wind up not talking to your sister for a while even though the gaslighter lied your sister never said anything of the sort but their goal is to keep you away from people so they can have you all your attention and it's still never enough for them so it's time to get back in connection with people you, it may feel awkward getting back in connection with people that you kind of cut off because they didn't approve of your relationship or um, just that it was hard for them to see you go through that and they distance themselves. Just reach out to them. Now, if you have people that you reach out to and they're judgmental or really want to talk about your relationship, even though you say, no, you're not going to talk about it, then just move on. There are people that tend to ask too many detailed questions. You may find after this experience who the gaslighters and narcissists are in your family and your friends. So this is a good time to kind of do a screener of them. So again, uh, surround people with, surround yourself with people to lift you up. That you know you're around someone that's that's kind of emotionally healthy when you feel more energized after being with them, or you feel like you can be yourself and things are calm. You're not kind of walking on eggshells around them. So just reconnect with people, and it's really important to do that in face-to-face -face meetings rather than just text or or social media, because I, there's something with that face-to-face -face interaction that that we're missing a lot of times in our relationships. So make sure that you get together with that person and see them face-to-face. Now, grief. Grief is the, not only the grief of, the, of losing your relationship, but again, the person that you thought you knew, that the gaslighter or narcissist that you wound up being in a relationship with is not the person you started the relationship with. And they turn in a completely different person. So you're grieving over, again, the potentiality of your relationship. Uh, and you maybe grieving over what you were like before the relationship. You may have been happier before the relationship. You may have laughed more, smiled more before the relationship, but you can be that person again. And in fact, an even better version uh, because you've learned a lot from this relationship. So, uh, but it does take some time to heal. So uh, be easy on yourself. There are different stages you go through. There's shock, denial, anger, bargaining. That's from the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross model of grief. And you can go through these emotions all at the same time. You may also just feel relief and giddiness even when you really, when you leave a narcissistic gaslighting relationship because it was so stressful. And you may realize how much chronic stress you're in because you no longer have that knot in your stomach when you've left the relationship. So just keep that in mind. And all these feelings are normal and you can feel a bunch of these feelings at once. And there's no timetable to grieve. So if someone says, oh, well, you should grieve, you know, for as long as the relationship lasted or, you know, you're out of it and they weren't very nice to you, so you should feel better. That's not how that works. That is not how that works at all. There, you have your own timetable, right? You have your own timetable and grief is kind of funny. It's kind of like a big wave hits you and and the big waves knock you down for a while, but then the waves get smaller and smaller and every once in a while you get another big wave hits you but it's something that is a normal part of, of loss. So next, forgive yourself. You may be feeling angry towards yourself, like, oh, why didn't you leave earlier? Or um, 
why why weren't you good enough for the narcissist so keep in mind that nobody is ever good for the, good enough for the narcissist gaslighter they're going to discard anyone eventually so just feel bad for the person that they're with now because that person is probably going to go through the same thing you're going through now people have asked me should i warn the other person i would say no because that means that you're getting in contact with a gaslighter again indirectly and you know that person that's with them now is going to tell them and then they're going to try and contact you so just don't go there uh, that person's going to learn soon enough uh, so keep in mind that the way the gaslighter behaved towards you is not your fault these people are masters at um, making things look like they're totally fine and normal and okay and again they do the love bombing which is really hard to resist because people tell us you know how wonderful we are and we like to hear that so um, you know you may have been told by your partner several times that you know they behaved a certain way because you didn't do x or y and that's just totally false you can't make somebody do something and the gaslighter and narcissist is 100% responsible for their behavior, regardless of what behavior it is. They, let me say that again. They're 100% responsible for their behavior. So also forgive yourself for not leaving earlier, because keep in mind the gaslighter and narcissist probably used emotional blackmail against you, probably threatened you to get you to stay. And also, again, they're, they're masters at luring you back in or, or what, what's called hoovering you named after the vacuum because they'll try to suck you back in a relationship and again it, it starts all over again that that cycle of of bad behavior on the gaslighter's part in the relationship so again it just takes some time and you know, forgiving yourself is a multi-step process it just doesn't happen in a day or a week or a year uh, but i really like the quote i think I've heard it on Oprah or I heard it from Oprah is that forgiveness is letting go of the idea that the past could be any different. And I really like that because it, you know, forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for you. And you can decide whether or not you want to forgive the gaslighter. You may, you may feel like you're not ready to do that and that's great. No problem. Go ahead. And you may feel like you never want to forgive them and that's okay too. Um, there's no rules to this. Uh, so, but, but especially forgive yourself though, because that's, you're number one, right? So uh, the important thing is that you have left and that's an incredibly brave thing to do. And I'm proud of you. And I know that was so hard for you to do. And you are much stronger than you think you are. So again, forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past can be different. So next, talk to a mental health professional. That's a counselor, psychologist, social worker. Uh, they're trained especially to help you work through grief, and many are trained in narcissistic uh, personality disorders or domestic violence because you were in an emotionally abusive relationship if you're with a gaslighter. Uh, and the nice thing about mental health professionals, and again, I'm biased because I am one, <laughs> um, but we're a neutral third party that can help you see what your options are when you feel kind of stuck after leaving a relationship or if you're deciding to leave, it's good to air out your feelings to a neutral third party because your friends and family can be, again, well-intentioned and be really supportive, but they're pulling for you, right? So it's, it's kind of helpful to have a neutral person. So, and keep in mind that you may have to meet with a couple of therapists to meet one that you like and that you click with. I mean, you may like all of them, but it's just kind of like with everybody else. Sometimes you click with people, sometimes you don't. So just really important to, um, to know that you may meet with someone and you may be like, oh, we got along really well. That's cool. And then you may meet somebody else and just not feel the same way. And that's okay. You're kind of shopping for therapists. You're the consumer. Think of it that way. And it's really important that, um, that you find someone that you work well with.
So you can get referrals from friends and family, from your clergy, from Psychology Today's got a listing. Um, you can put in your zip code and then what you're looking for, you can click uh, domestic violence or um, narcissism uh, or grief and you'll find people that specialize in that. Um, people have also asked me about coaches. Now coaches are not licensed mental health professionals uh, and they anybody can call themselves a coach. So I caution you on that because when you've gone through a narcissistic gaslighting relationship, you may possibly have post-traumatic stress disorder. So, uh, and again, because you were in a, a situation of domestic violence, emotional abuse is domestic violence. So um, I'd be very cautious and coaches are nice for helping you structure, maybe getting you on a, st on a structured schedule or being accountable for making sure that you go out and go to work and especially when you're not feeling good, but you have to be careful that you go to a professional mental health counselor when you're healing from a, a relationship with a narcissist gaslighter, because they've done a real number on you psychologically. So it's, it's really important that you talk with somebody that's, that's trained. So also establishing boundaries. So when you're in a relationship with a gaslighter, boundaries are, are totally violated. Uh, the gaslighter prefers that you have no boundaries because they tend to get control and power by walking all over you. So sometimes we need to rebuild our boundaries. So uh, here are some of your rights as a human being. You have the right to say no at any time. You have the right to change your mind at any time. You have the right to feel safe. You have the right to do less than what's humanly possible. Meaning that you don't have to operate 100% all the time. You have the right to do less than what's humanly possible. And those rights are not negotiable. In a healthy relationship, a person respects your right to say no. They may ask you, you know, tell me about your, you know, saying no and tell me what that's about, but they don't berate you for it. They don't punish you for it. They don't stonewall or go silent because of it. Uh, so you have the right to feel that way. Now there's a really good book called Your Perfect Right. And uh, that's, I think the first author is Alberti, A-L-B-E-R-T-T-I. And that is a really nice book because it lists all your rights and you can kind of flip to a page, read it, put it down, pick up another page and read it. And I really like that book. So it's called Your Perfect Right, Y-O-U-R Perfect Right. And I have a link to that on my website under resources books. Uh, so, and also I have a link in the Psychology Today version of this uh, podcast too. So. Um, Next, uh, educate yourself. So you wanna make sure that you know what the red flags are if you go out and start dating again or just gaslighters, narcissists in your life because um, we can have those at work and at home and other places. So you wanna make sure that, that you know when something is healthy and when it's not. It's healthy for, and normal for people to disagree on stuff in a relationship, but it's unhealthy when it turns into yelling and name calling, uh, when it's used against that person later, or if the person just completely ignores them, that's not healthy. But you're not aiming for just not having disagreements at all because that's not healthy either. So you can have a high conflict relationship as I was talking to um, Jeremy Gase with um, last podcast about co-parenting, um, that you can have a high conflict relationship where you don't talk to the person that can still be high conflict that doesn't mean it's low conflict it's normal to have disagreements but you work them out and everybody treats each other with respect
So I have things I call pink flags, red flags, magenta flags. Magenta flags are things like you need to get up and run away from the table at the at on the date you're at because that's a really bad one. Or um, red flags, your standard things you should be very cautious of. Pink flags are things just to file away, do some data collection. So it's really up to you what kind of what color coding you should give. Um, but on the Nerds and Love podcast I do with Kurt, you know, we have people call in or email in with their um, uh, relationship questions. And things like stonewalling someone, that's a magenta flag. Uh, no one should ever just ignore someone. There's a difference between you're upset with someone saying, hey, I need a couple days to cool down and I'll call you rather than just acting like that person doesn't exist. That's not acceptable. That would be a magenta flag. A pink flag would be something like you're at dinner with someone and they um, like talk about their ex a little too much or they talk about their mom too much or they talk about something too much. That's a pink flag. So particularly if they're talking about an ex. Now, if they call their ex a name, that's a red flag or a magenta flag. But just the fact that they're talking about, pay attention to how they're talking about them um, because that could be a sign that they either haven't moved on yet or um or this is a topic that's going to be brought up you know, later in your relationship you may have been the gaslight or narcissist that compared you to their exes too so now sometimes you know possessiveness can look like attention and caring to be in a relationship and then it turns into controlling behavior and, and and irrational jealousy. So keep in mind that these behaviors at the beginning uh, when you're dating someone may just put up a little pink flag for you, but they can morph into things later. So I mentioned that in the gaslighting book, I talk about the different personality types and how that can flip into other things later. So uh, again, just those pink flags, just file them away for later. So also when you are dating, Gaslighters tend to prey upon people who care about others. They particularly prey upon people that are in service fields like teachers or counselors or nurses or doctors because they know that that we tend to be uh, a little more accepting of people's behaviors. So we tend to possibly let things slide more than other people do. So they know that. Now, it's a beautiful trait to help people and to be a healer or to be a teacher uh, so you shouldn't change that. It's just know the warning signs so that you can go into a new relationship or start dating with kind of a little protective layer over your heart. So uh, again, that uh, 11 warning signs of gas science and psychology today, and there's a link on my blog. I recommend that talks about things like um, the person's, if you're doing online dating, their profile doesn't match up to who they are. Um, they change up their stories. Uh, they tell you that you're the best person they've ever met and they can't believe they met you and it's only one hour into your date. That's a big red flag. So there's a lot of things to keep an eye out on. So, you know, be yourself and you're wonderful as you are, but just know some of the flags. And also I tell people too, write down a list of what you're looking for in someone and get as detailed as possible and make it positive. So instead of, you know, um, doesn't chew with mouth open you can say um, has good manners and make that list and when you meet someone and your butterflies are going your dopamine's going your oxytocin you're all excited look at that list and see how many that your person kind of matches up with because when you 
are falling in love with someone, uh, your brain just kind of, it's like a temporary state of insanity. <laughs> and and you can be like, oh, you're an axe murderer. I, that's totally okay. We'll work with that. So you want to keep a list of stuff you're looking for in someone and make sure that people match stuff on that list because your brain will kind of hijack you and say, oh yeah, they totally meet stuff on a list, but go through each of those items and check off if the person meets that stuff on a list. And that's a dynamic list, I meaning you can add stuff, subtract stuff, but get as detailed as possible. Has a good relationship with their parents, uh, likes dogs, um, likes to go kayaking, you know, whatever it is, write it down. And again, use positives instead of negatives. So don't use don't, can't, won't, uh, use positives. So, um, like, uh, uh, again, like something like, um, doesn't like broccoli <laughs> or something. You can put that on there. Sure. Why not? But you could say, um, likes fruit. So, I mean, that's a real basic version, but you know what I mean? Just don't, do, don't do negatives because it's hard to point out what you do need when you're writing down what you don't want, if that makes sense. So, uh, so again, so I'm just going to read through again, the things that, that are important to do while you're healing from your breakup with a narcissist or gaslighter. First block all contact with them. Forget people telling you need to get closure. Closure is overrated. Practice some really good self-care. Do something nice for yourself every day, just for the sake of doing something nice for yourself. Volunteer in your community. Reconnect with other people in your life. Just experience the grief because there's no way out out of it except through it and forgive yourself talk to a mental health professional establish good boundaries and educate yourself about gaslighting behavior so thank you for tuning in to another episode of talking brains and uh, again this the version of this in writing so i have a, a kind of a, a more truncated abbreviated version of this is on my psychology today blog and i also have that posted on my blog um, on the website so uh and I'm the author of Gaslighting, Recognize Manipulative and Emotionally Abusive People and Break Free. And I am found at stephaniesarkis.com. And please hit subscribe and give us a great rating. I saw the other day the uh, five ratings of five stars, and I really appreciate that. So thanks, and have a great day. And again, I'm very proud of you if you've just left this kind of relationship or you've left this relationship in the past. That's a really big deal, and it took a lot of courage for you to do that. And you deserve nothing but the best in life, and I wish you every happiness.